Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week we are back in the MCU and that universe as we know it will never be the same as we talk about Eternals, directed by Oscar Award winning director Chloe Zhao. But before we get into our Eternals episode, hey Jeremy, you know what? Let's introduce our guest. And so... He is our first guest who happens to reside in the great state of New York. So we got the East Coast in the house. He is also an aspiring pilot. And lastly, it's always nice to welcome family to the pod. And so, AJ, thank you for joining the Weekly Real Podcast. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) How you doing, AJ? You're... uh... Y'all good right now? It's good. It's a little it's cold. cold in New York. It's November. It's getting colder by the day. Oh, man. So you, you, since you're on the show, you must love movies. Uh, do you want to share any uh, some of your favorite movie genres with our audience? Uh, of course, I love the action. The action. And I've grew to love um, horror movies more, more now. But action for sure. Ooh, mm. You say horror, huh? So we uh, we actually recently have done, I mean, Last Night and So, that's out in theaters. And we actually uh, recently had an, uh, a podcast episode on Hereditary. Have you seen any of those two movies? No, actually. Oh. Uh, any, uh, any recent <laughs> horror movies that you would actually recommend? Because me and Ken actually haven't watched too many horror movies. So is there any ones that like, you can recommend or any of your favorites? Um, I wouldn't really call it a horror film but it's very gory and it's not a movie actually it's i would Mm. recommend squid game i'm sure everybody has heard a lot about it but it's very gory uh it's a fun time Mm, ken has seen it not me though (laughs) not yet at least oh you haven't started yet jeremy not yet i plan to so we'll see yeah i mean uh you're waiting for that uh, hype to die down a little bit right (laughs) a little bit it's getting there though it's getting there yeah yeah, I know. Um, uh, I know that I think they're already talking about uh, maybe possibly doing a season two. So um, definitely something to be excited about. Right, uh, right, AJ? Yep, definitely. Can't wait for that. I know. Shoot. Well, I just want to, uh, again, welcome you to the pod, AJ. It's always nice to have, uh, you know, family on, on the podcast. This is uh, actually our second episode that we've had, uh, you know, just one of our family members, right, Jeremy? We had Aldrin on uh, for season one. Yeah, my brother as well. So, Oh, yeah. Obviously your brother too. Oh, man, how can I forget? Our, our, uh, obviously our <laughs> favorite, uh, I think it's my favorite episode that we've ever recorded, that Wonder Woman 1984, mm. but <laughs> I digress. Yeah, because it was such a middling movie, that's why. Yeah, it was so good. It was so good to to talk about. Anyway, let's get right into, uh, you know, let's get warmed up a little bit. We like to warm up here on the Weekly Real Podcast by uh, talking about our podcast ritual, which is to discuss one movie or TV show that we want to highlight uh, that we've watched in the last week. And so, uh, Jeremy, actually, do you want to ke- uh, kick us off on the podcast ritual? Yeah, so actually I'm cheating a bit. <laughs> I didn't actually I've been watching uh, you know some shows, but I've been men- I've been mentioning them over the past few weeks. So I'm actually going to share um I guess the YouTube thing that I've been wa- uh, watching recently and that's BuzzFeed Unsolved. Uh oh. specifically their paranormal stuff or supernatural stuff. 
Um, that's a super fun show to watch. Just it's comedic yet uh, scary, interesting to hear like different history uh, perspectives and. I don't know. I just love the mystery of it. But mostly the, the two hosts are really funny. So I, that's the main reason why I watch the show. Uh, like, uh, was there anyone that actually recommended uh, watching uh, this BuzzFeed show on YouTube? Or did you just stumble upon it falling down that rabbit hole of YouTube? Yeah, yeah. It's more like falling down the rabbit hole, just falling down whatever's on the recommended and then it, but it worked out because it, it's really good. I especially like their true kind, true crime stuff. So I like that. Oh, I love this show, Unsolved. It's so funny for, it's way too funny for it for it should be, especially being a, a paranormal kind of uh, videos. Also, I have a question: Are you team Ryan or Shane? Ooh, <laughs> that's true, right? So Ken. Uh, Ryan believes more in ghosts. Shane does not believe in ghosts. I would go Shane. The Shaniacs. Shaniacs for the win. I agree. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I think it's just the Filipino than us too. So, But then again, who knows? Yeah, dude. Uh, I, I guess I, I agree. Without even watching or the show or, or not hearing about it until just now, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. <laughs> All right, AJ, uh, you're up. Uh, do you want to highlight something that you've watched in the last uh, week, whether it's a movie, TV show, or even something online? I'm going to cheat a little bit, actually. I have two. Um, first one, The Harder They Fall. Oh, great cast with Idris Elba and He Who Remains, Jonathan Majors. Oh, nice. <laughs> Dang. Um, you, got early, a, you got started early on that one. I, I just found out about that. I haven't <laughs> seen it, obviously, yet. So it, it's, a, it's a recommend? It's a definite recommend, especially if you love Western and action and a bunch of that. And great actors and actresses. And the other one is The Army of Thieves. If you like The uh, Army of the Dead, definitely re- recommend The Army of Thieves, which is a little different. But I think I like The Army of Thieves a little better over Army of the Dead. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, I remember we kind mm. of trashed on Army of the Dead a little bit, right, Jeremy? We did, yeah. It sounds like you want to say something, Ken, about it. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, we did trash on Army of the Dead a little bit. There was some good stuff, but Army of Thieves, it looks it looked pretty interesting, especially if it went first. Uh, but I haven't checked it out yet. But who knows? If, if you liked it, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, we might only listen to you, only because you said so. I feel like um, in some of the offline conversations that we've had, especially after podcast episodes uh, or even like new releases, I feel like me and AJ kind of agree for the most part, right, AJ? Yep, especially uh, Ted Lasso. Oh, dude, <laughs> dude, speak my love language, bro. <laughs> and I gave you the Schmigadoon recommendation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot we gave you that shout out um, in season two for Schmigadoon. Um, I still actually need to finish that. I think I only have two more episodes left. And so thanks for reminding me, actually. Uh, there's still a lot of App- Apple TV Plus shows that I need to finish. Um, and I think there's some upcoming stuff, too, that uh, we may d- discuss on future episodes of the newsreel. So just a shameless plug there. Uh, well, for me, um, for the ritual, I mean, after my eternal screening, I will admit that I ended up starting another uh, Game of Thrones rewatch uh, because of that nostalgia factor, uh, seeing Richard Madden and Kit Harington on screen together. I mean, spoiler alert for Game of Thrones fans. I mean, they actually only shared the screen for two episodes, so it was yeah. actually pretty cool to yeah. be able to see them together. Um, plus... I mean, with Raman Jawadi actually scoring Eternals, it was just nice to hear uh, some of his familiar, uh, you know, sounds or whatever, especially being a huge Game of Thrones and Westworld fan. But that isn't actually what I want to share this week. So for this week's ritual, I mean, I just wanted to share another Eternal, uh, Eternals cast member that I wanted to highlight, and that's Salma Hayek. I ended up rewatching Grown Ups. Starring Salma Hayek in a supporting role, you know, with Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Chris Rock, David Spade, and Rob Schneider. Uh, dude, this movie is just, you know, it's it's usual, typical, silly Sandler movie or whatever. And I just enjoyed rewatching it for the first time in years. It's actually currently streaming on 
Netflix, and we're still not sponsored. Yeah, well, I haven't actually seen Grown Up. <laughs> oh, you haven't? Oh, because I was like, I was like, oh, it's a modern day um, Am Sandler movie. All right, <laughs> that's about it. That's all I got from there. Yeah, dude, it, it's it's mainly just uh, what you think. It, it's just silly Adam Sandler humor or whatever, and and they just crack on each other. That's why I just think it's funny because you know it's just like five um, buddies that grew up together, and you know they're all adults now. They have families, and and uh, hilarity ensues without giving spoilers. Have you have you seen uh, Grown Ups yet, uh, uh, AJ? Yep, I've seen Grown Ups. Yeah. It's just a great watch. Uh, <laughs> could be taken in many ways. Yeah, dude. They they hold no punches, by the way, um, Jeremy. So, I mean, I mean, if you're looking for a silly comedy, uh, I recommend it. I it, There isn't really too many raunchy things about it. There actually really isn't. It's actually family friendly. So you might actually enjoy it because that's I know that's not your type of humor, but... Mm. Yeah, this one some, might sometimes sometimes yeah. all right <laughs> consider if you like if you like adam sandler definitely like this sweet all right all right before we get into our eternals discussion fellas uh let's go ahead and do a little bit of episode cleanup so last week episode 46 uh jeremy and i discussed uh last night in soho which was directed by edgar wright and so this past tuesday we ended up uh i guess running a poll uh, like we normally do uh, Jeremy, do you want to uh, let the audience know what that poll was? Yeah, so the poll was, what was your favorite Edgar Wright-directed film? So four movies that we listed, or you could write in your own, um, was Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Shaun of the Dead, Last Night in Soho, or Baby Driver were some of the options that we gave. And actually, not surprisingly, because I think it's his latest film before Last Night in Soho, uh, Baby Driver at uh, 60% won the vote. I'm not surprised, only because I feel like Baby Driver has a little bit more of a, uh, I guess, wider spread audience, you know, they, with the, you know, another pretty well-known cast uh, and, uh, you know, action as as the subject matter. I feel like, uh, let's just say last night, so, you know, it's kind of... You know, it's like one of those where it's uh, more, I don't know, more niche, I guess. And then, yeah. And the other two, I actually don't know because I've never seen them. <laughs> <laughs> but people say they're good. Like uh, last week, my, my roommate was saying, yeah, go watch Shaun of the Dead. It's actually really good. Well, it helps that your your roommate's name is Sean, isn't it? Yeah. But he said that doesn't play into the factor of how good it is. <laughs> I had to. I had to ask. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, uh, if you guys want to get involved and and actually, uh, I guess, interact with us, uh, we do run these polls again every Tuesday, and we run these on Instagram and Twitter uh, following a brand new episode. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to let us let the audience know where to actually follow us on the social medias? Yeah, if you want to follow us, it's going to be at Weekly Real on Instagram and Twitter for the polls yes and so this week fellas we meet a race of immortal beings who have hidden in plain sight here on earth for centuries to help shape advancement throughout human history uh, today we are talking about the next theatrical installment of phase four of the mcu which is Eternals, uh, directed by Chloe Zhao. And so, uh, again, as with every episode here on the Weekly Real Podcast, we are going to be uh, issuing that spoiler warning. And, uh, yeah, just go out, see it. It's exclusively on th uh, in theaters, I should say. It's not streaming anywhere, so definitely go out there. We, I think, may be recommending it. I know AJ was kind of hyping it up. No, I'm just kidding. You'll see what he thinks about the movie, right, AJ? Oh, definitely. I'll definitely know. <laughs> but yeah, uh -oh. definitely yeah, definitely go out and see it in theaters um before listening to this uh episode. And so uh fellas, let's get let's get right into the double feature uh for Eternal, shall we? And so quick reminder for the double feature during this segment, both Jamie and I will bring up topics that neither of us and AJ don't know about. 
uh, it ahead of time. And so, um, yeah, so for, for me, my half of the double feature, um, we, you know, I'm going to ask this. So within the movie, we get the answer to Dane Whitman's question that he pr- uh, proposed during the, actually the trailer and in the movie, it was a everyone it was on everyone's minds going into uh watching the eternals as to why the eternals didn't help fight thanos or basically get involved in any war uh you know during history and cersei answers uh dean whitman by saying they were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants were involved so for my half of the double feature fellas and i guess we'll start with jeremy first just to kind of give uh uh, give AJ an opportunity to think of an answer. So, Jeremy, do you think they'll ever explain why none of the Avengers appeared when Tiamat was emerging from the Earth's core during the plot of Eternals? Mm, I think they might reference it slightly, but I feel like right now the the main explana- explanation is that the, the Avengers are kind of doing their own thing right now or they're not even really together there's not really an avengers right now they're kind of just on their own solo missions thor's off world captain so is captain marvel and so i feel like it's kind of uh self-explanatory that they're since they're not there right now but imagine i was just thinking as you were mentioning that the eternals didn't show up in any of the previous battles just imagine if ajak was there to like heal tony stark after oh. using uh the snap i just thought about that i was like because it's not like it would take any of her powers or anything like that she can just heal him so that's kind of a sad thought actually oh man all right so uh aj do you actually want to take uh i guess this uh i guess question of the double feature uh and just to kind of repeat it it's um do you think they'll ever explain why none of the Avengers appeared when Tiamat started emerging from the Earth's core? I, I do agree with what Jeremy is saying. The Avengers are kind of broken up like the Beatles at the moment, but there's other things that's going on with like other Disney Plus shows. We have WandaVision, oh, like Capt- uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they're out there doing their own thing. But then again, probably my guest the most likely person that would show up during the movie would be Doctor Strange. And I still don't really understand why anybody has shown up, but everybody's doing their own thing. But maybe, who knows, he's probably uh, messing up the uh, dimensions with Peter Parker. (laughs) That's a good answer for sure. I was thinking the same, like Spider-Man wouldn't be there. He's, uh, you know, just in the neighborhood doing his thing. Uh, but Doctor Strange or like Wanda would probably be the next best choices, but Wanda's obviously in a cabin in the woods or something like that. And then Doctor Strange, yeah, like you said, having too much fun with Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, he is. And actually, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, AJ's, because the more I think about it, I, I have like this crazy theory that all those, I guess climaxes in in phase four are all interconnected with the advent of the multiverse with uh i guess loki with kang uh even though he's not really called kang in in that show with the kind of the multiverse and the timelines like breaking off you got dr strange and spider-man just uh up to no good and you know create basically probably uh, the catalyst to um the multiverse. I feel like that those two events, Tiamat emerging from the Earth's core, and also the the events of Wandavision. I feel like they're all interconnected, and is basically just showing like the uh, the just the main timeline just breaking up. I feel like everything's inter interconnected, and just like you guys mentioned, I feel like all the Avengers are just out there, just pro- probably just trying to put out whatever fires they're around, and. Uh, the Eternals obviously just happen to be kind of on their own battlefront, I guess. They just happen to be theirs. Yeah. Also, oh, I would like to point out that Earths has, Earth have been uh, experiencing other types of invasions, especially from the first Avengers and, and uh, invasion of Thanos and the snap and the blip. So with a big 
huge some person that we, they don't know who it is uh emerging from oh, somewhere the out of the middle of nowhere a celestial yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh emerging out of nowhere I, I think it's just a a monday for people in the mcu <laughs> that's true yeah because then again it, it was like a, a day thing in terms of the public it just happened so i agree too it it was just an, another monday for them <laughs> Man, Earth has just uh, got so many things going on. Uh, so, for my question for the double feature, I want to throw out there. Both of you two don't know what I'm going to ask. And uh, I was really thinking about this, because this is a long movie, and there's a lot of things going on. So, I want to ask, uh, what was your favorite aspect of the movie? Was it, like, the history? Was it the romance? Was it the action? Or the lore, or was it something completely different that uh, I didn't think about? So, uh, Ken, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I feel like the thing that I love the most is that now we get godlike beings. I feel like that was like the missing piece of the the MCU so far. We get to basically see these overpowered um, beings. I mean, we got like, um, wait, what's the name of the main celestial the the prime celestial oh uh Bojack or Icarus no no no, no the celestial oh it's like uh, Arisha Arisha or something something like that I know oh, it starts with an A let me look it up I probably should have actually wrote this down uh it's Arishim there it is Arishim. it is Arishim okay I just want to make sure I got that right I didn't want to have our audience like pick my uh <laughs> just make fun of me in terms of like hey you got that wrong but anyway i keep, I keep mixing I've, celestials and eternals eternals <laughs> yeah, i know but um yeah i feel like just the fact that they are expanding the world i mean dude you see how giant and imposing erishim is and then you, you got to see a baby celestial <laughs> um emerging from the core uh, earth's core and you saw like how freaking huge tiamat was was going to be before um, before Cersei stop him in his tracks. You know what I mean? And I just feel like um, this was like the missing piece and to be able to just cr- uh, complete the, the entire picture of what this Marvel cinematic universe is, is all about. Because I mean, we, in the beginning, I mean, I'm quoting the very first three letters uh sorry the first three words of the movie but dude it just seemed epic from the opening scene where they were uh showing um that opening crawl i thought that was pretty cool uh and it just made it seem like i don't know just something epic was about to happen it gave me some star wars vibes in the opening crawl not gonna not gonna lie (laughs) that's true yeah that because obviously they had to put a lot of information in this movie so they're like screw let's put it also in the beginning (laughs) we don't have time to uh film that many scenes so yeah i know uh any way that they could get some uh exposition out as quickly as possible and i feel like uh the best way to do it is just to actually have us read it (laughs) yeah that's probably the quickest way i get i get why they did it it was a little bit weird but you know it's good it gave a different feel to the movie too yeah, it kind of reminded me of like the beginning of the, basically the Bible. It's like, hey, in the beginning, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. How about you, AJ? What was your uh, favorite aspect of the movie? My favorite aspect was definitely the history of the Eternals and their interaction with human civilization throughout uh, the years. And since the beginning, like they literally showed Mesopotamia. And I like how they, it shows how they interact with it and how they helped advance and I like how they were ended up in Babylon, which is another uh, civil, advanced civilization at that time, which was which is great. But uh, this is different in terms of a Marvel movie that they don't really go back in time minus Endgame, but mm-hmm. history wise, no, it was different, which which I oddly like. Yeah, I did like that too. Where they basically. Because they've been living there for, what, 7,000 years or whatever. Um, and basically going through... Well, they didn't even time travel. They just lived through those events. So it was cool to, to actually see them there. But they're not necessarily supposed to 
involve themselves too much. Just kind of kill the deviants and leave. Right. And, and, you know, they, sometimes they, they would guide, um, I guess civilization, you know, uh, I'm thinking about Fastos, uh, in, 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 you know, him trying to come up with these inventions, uh, to advance human, um, civilization. It was pretty cool when he was coming up with, what was it? The steam engine. But then they were like, Oh no, that's too advanced. It's too early or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the plow. It's like, yeah. It's like, it's a plow. <laughs> Great. He's too smart. I like how, um, they kind of included him with some World War II history in in Japan. They involved him with making the uh, the the bomb. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like, terrible, terrible, uh, terrible day. Yeah, but I kind of like with some Marvel involvement with some history. Yeah, for sure. That was that was a scene that definitely showcased how his intelligence have also had consequences. Yeah. I actually I uh, thought that was an underrated scene because, yeah, I mean, that scene actually, um, I guess, saddened him so deeply because of how, you know, obviously, you know, they use actual real world events to kind of interweave it within the MCU. Uh, But it showed how devastated he was because he, you know, ended up losing faith in humanity. And then when we get reintroduced to Fastos later on in the present day, you get to see some of that humanity kind of come back in the form of, you know, his own, you know, his own family. And, you know, you develop uh, that love again for humanity. Mm. Speaking of love for humanity, my favorite aspect of the movie is actually the romance. It's weird to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it like between Cersei, uh, Dane and Icarus, obviously. And then the reveal later on was her name. Sprite. Sprite. Yeah. Sprite. I was like, what, what is happening? Cause I was just throughout the whole movie for some reason. I was just like, Oh, this is this juicy stuff right here. He's been gone. Like he's been gone for a thousand years. I wonder why. Why did he leave? Right. Why did he leave? It's like, and then now she's with a freaking Jon Snow. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what's happening? Yeah. No, that was, that was really good. Cause yeah, I, I, I was, um, surprised when Kingo just literally, said it so bluntly and actually use what Peter Pan as a, as a way to kind of have the audience identify with that, um, you know, with Tinkerbell falling in love with Peter Pan, but she can't do anything about it and, and drawing that parallel with Sprite and Icarus. Mm. Uh, and so I thought that was really well done. Yeah. And also, I don't know, just um, Dina and Gilgamesh. Yeah. Their, their dynamic. I was, it, when Gilgamesh died, oh, I was like, out of all the characters, too, I was like, I like him so much. I was very upset with that with that happening. I know. I, I love their dynamic because it it was a true friendship between the two of them. It wasn't like any anything where it had to be like rom, uh, a romantic thing or whatever. But you know, especially when um, Ajax was saying that you know because she was going through Mad Weary and needed to have her uh, memory wiped, and for Gilgamesh to kind of sacrifice, you know, basically his own like life or whatever to make sure that, you know, he took care of Thena. I thought that was very selfless on his part. Yeah. Just the relationship. I, to be honest, they were all kind of wooden to me at first, the characters. Yeah. Yeah. But as the time went on, I'm like, okay, these are people are actually pretty relatable. You get where they're coming from, all of them. So. I, at first, I was a bit hesitant. I'm like, these, they're not that likable. I'm kind of scared. Yeah, I know. That was that was actually uh, the, my worry, too, just because, I mean, they are playing who they are. They're Eternals. They're, uh, they're synthetic beings, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, it, they're robots. Yeah, they're robots, exactly. And so I'm glad that they had a little bit of color as the movie went along. So, um, again, well, that's, I guess, this version of the double feature. I'm, I'm really pumped that AJ was able to kind of just chip in uh, along with the conversation for uh, the Eternals for the double feature. And so, I mean, we got AJ involved in the conversation. Now it's time to get the audience involved in the conversation. And so this week, uh, our audience question is, what is your favorite MCU Phase 4 movie movie? 
or Disney Plus show uh, that has premiered so far. And so, AJ, actually, uh, do you want to quickly answer this? Actually, go, not even quickly, just answer it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Shang-Chi. Ooh, it's my it, top for now. Mm, interesting. With, and, and do you have a reason why? I I just like the fact that it's it's a different type of Marvel movie. Not saying that the the norm norm is really norm now, but I still like it. But it's fresh. I also like the the rep- Asian representation that uh, they're bringing on to the MCU. You know, the diversity, the more the merrier, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I said Gilgamesh died. <laughs> you know, he had to be the first one. Well, not not counting uh, not counting Ajax. But yeah, I also love Sima Liu. He's a great actor. Um, I found him in Kim's Convenience. Hey. Great show. <laughs> Another recommendation right there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And Jer- uh, actually, Jer- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, and also because of Trevor. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Trevor, yeah. <laughs> Trevor Slattery. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, do you want to take this question, actually? Yeah, real quick. Uh, I was about to say Shang-Chi, but uh, my other choice was also Loki. Mm. I think it was my, one of the top shows, for sure, for me. Yeah, I mean, you guys actually stole my thunder. Um, Shang-Chi, <laughs> close second, Loki, but I'll throw some love for WandaVision just because I still love the... Uh, I don't know. I, I just love the chances that it took. I felt like it was a good way to um, start season, uh, start phase four, even though it technically wasn't supposed to be the opener. Yeah. That's why I ha- it, di- it did have a hard time trying to be the opener. It had a lot of expectations going in. I know, especially with uh, that hiatus because of uh, of the pandemic and everything. And so, uh, again, uh, definitely get involved, uh, you know, with the audience question. If you do want to send us your feedback on that, you can always um, DM us on Twitter and Instagram. And what is our social media handles, Jeremy? It's going to be at Weekly Real. And if you want to email us, it's going to be... Um Weekly Real Pod 2006 at gmail.com. <laughs> 2006? That's such a random year. <laughs> we talking about? I thought that's when we made the, the email, right? Um, I don't know if we did that in 2006. We actually created that last year, but you know what? Uh, you know, 2006, 2020, they could be pretty close. Mm. Um, but 2002. Yeah. Oh, it's 2002, right? No, got not the numbers No, 2002. I think uh, you're a little dyslexic today. But you know what? Next week, I th- I have faith in you. I think you will be able to get the email next week. But this mm. week, um, that email address is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. So, fellas, let's take a quick break. Okay, welcome back from the break, guys, and we're going to jump into the weekly real awards. Our first award is going to be the I Am Groot Award for Favorite Character, and AJ, I'll let you go first. Uh, there's many characters in this movie, a lot of Eternals, but also some humans and Celestials, so uh, did you have a favorite character in Eternals? Kingo. I knew it right away. Kingo. Uh, any reason why just the finger guns of course the finger guns and the fact that he's just very funny and i like how he's the only eternal that probably has the most interaction with humans being a celebrity a three-generation celebrity actually according to his new movies uh and we can't forget his uh cameraman with uh an unlimited supply of cameras yeah, they just Karoon, man. Karoon, my boy Karoon. Oh, shoot, Karoon was so good. I think he's in, in the running for best sidekick uh, of all time in the, in the MCU. That's true. Man, Kingo, yeah. Definitely, like, his uh, Bollywood dance was definitely a highlight, too. Oh, that was great. I was laughing my butt off. Dude, his, uh, his people's eyebrow while he was dancing, he just had this weird thing going on, and then I was, and he was just kind of doing this, and uh, I, I don't know, it was hilarious, just like Jeremy I said. wanted a full, like, full-on like full music video. That's what I wanted. I needed, I needed it to be longer. 
<laughs> is this similar to uh to Zemo and in, in that dance number and fucking Winter Soldier? The Zemo oh. cut. <laughs> yeah, this is the Zemo cut. I want an hour's worth of it. The, with the Kingo cut? <laughs> yeah, the the Kingo cut. Uh how about you, Ken? Favorite character? Uh, you know what? I gotta I gotta give it to my boy, Icarus. You know, like I think on this podcast I, I do talk about you know, best villains. And I feel like his uh, heel turn was done pretty well. Um, and, you know, it's, it's Richard Madden, you know, Rob Stark, you know, you, you, he was able to do a good job of being able to give that. Um, he did a really good job in, you know, keeping it um, neutral. You, you, you knew there was something kind of there, but you didn't really know exactly. Cause you know, he, he was just kind of off in the background. he, but you know he kept the plot going. Um, he played a really good guy. He played a really good bad guy. I don't know. I got really good um, Superman and Homelander vibes. Yeah, I had my suspicions. I had, saw the gray hair and the Scottish accent, so I had my suspicions. Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry to offend any uh, Scottish fans out there. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, you know what, uh, Richard Mann, I felt like did such a really good job in, 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 um, you know, like you could tell that he really did love Cersei, but obviously he, you know, he had his beliefs and, you know, like he was all about the, um, I guess the underlying, uh, goal of what Ereshim wanted for, for the Eternals and everything. He was all about that, all about that life, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I actually my favorite character was also Icarus, just because I feel like he was the most fleshed out character. I was uh, also looking at Kingo too, but I wish he had more screen time, honestly, because he was so good. But I would probably have to say Icarus because he was the most fleshed out. Uh, just the way how he was connected with all the other Eternals, mm-hmm. how they kind of looked to him after Ajax died, mm-hmm. uh, made his heel turn that <gasps> much more uh, like, <gasps> no way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember sitting in the theater and behind me, this girl's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I get it, girl. I get it. <laughs> and just, yeah, just everything... I didn't. I found this character a little bit stiff at first, uh, just like all the other characters. But uh, I think he had the biggest jump in terms of, oh, I like this character. And then that made it like, ah, dang, he's a bad guy. But at the same time, uh, conflicted bad guy. I think is always the best. Yeah, like I, um, I, that whole scene, especially when you know he realized that what he had done with killing Ajax. Oh man, dude, that that one scene in South Dakota after he laid her body down and he did the whole oh you know you the pain and anguish and he had the laser eye thing going on. I was like, damn, I really felt that. You could tell he was really saddened by what he had done because he, but he needed to do it for in in his mind the greater good. AJ, how would you feel about uh, the Icarus turn? Well. To be honest, I don't know anything about the Eternals, but I thought this was a good turn for just not knowing anything. I thought it was good. I didn't expect really anything like that. Also, I want to point out to those uh, Game of Thrones fans, it's kind of weird hearing and seeing Richard Madden saying that he loves Cersei or Cersei and love in the same kind of sentence goes for, goes for Kit Harington too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. Definitely I, odd. Yeah. It's like, where's the Lannisters, guys? <laughs> I was waiting for a Game of Thrones reference to be thrown in there, like very subtle, but yeah. Well, I mean, actually, there's that meme that that meme that I uh, shared with uh, with Jeremy, where in season one, episode two, and I actually just rewatched that episode. Where basically Richard Madden as Rob Stark goes, hey, the next time I'll see you, you'll, I guess you'll be in black. And, you know, that one scene where they end up having that awkward exchange with the three of them, with uh, Dane Whitman, uh, Icarus, and Cersei. You know what? Dane Whitman was in black. Kid Harrington. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope 
I kind of hope that Icarus comes back because, you know, they're basically robots and they can come yeah. back. I just want more uh, Richard Madden and Kit Harrington together. Oh, yeah, that'd be so good. That'd be so good. I, great I actually want... I, I want to give like a quick shout out to Makari though, because like she wasn't really on screen for too much, but I felt like when her character was uh, on screen, dude, I felt like it kicked up a notch, especially that one on one battle that she had with uh, with Icarus. That was top notch stuff. Yeah, that was definitely good. I might have to mention that a little bit later, but Ooh. the next award is going to be the Ancestral Plane Award for most cinematic scene. Because this scene, uh, this movie is pretty beautiful in a way, different from other Marvel movies. Some Marvel movies look kind of generic, to be honest, uh, but not this one. So, AJ, uh, what would you actually pick as your most cinematic scene? I can definitely agree the movie was very beautiful. It was shot very beautifully compared to other Marvel movies. But the I would like to pick the towards the ending where Ereshim uh, kidnaps, in a way, um, Cersei, uh, what was it, Festos, uh, Kingo. Yeah. Um, not because of that, but the it shows the sheer size of Ereshim compared to the planet Earth because we don't, we never seen anything like that in the MCU, really. So I thought just realizing the uh the size of a celestial compared to a planet is was really good yeah i think the closest we got was what in guardians and uh infinity war when we got to see the severed head of nowhere yeah nowhere. Uh, nowhere is basically a celestial who got his head chopped off um and i and that looked i mean just the uh, nowhere's head just seemed like a just a normal looking size planet so i mean that's as close as we got but yeah dude that was pretty crazy there was another one in guardians i believe when one took one of the uh took the stone oh yeah yeah. they were talking to with the uh, the flashback yeah yeah the flashback well that one showed the size but not compared to a planet so yeah that's true those yeah i'm looking forward to hopefully in the sequel that they actually fight one somehow somehow yeah Dude, that'd be pretty crazy. Hopefully in Guardians 3. Uh, I think that's probably maybe that or Thor 4. Love and mm. Thunder. We'll probably maybe hopefully get some Celestial action or at least some appearances. Who, who knows? Yeah, we'll see about that. Hopefully, I want to see that. Um, how about you, Ken? What was your most cinematic scene? Um, You know what? I got to give it to that one South Dakota flashback. It starts with um, Ajax on horseback i think they showed that actually in the in the um the trailer and i just loved the gloomy foreshadowing i mean i didn't we obviously didn't know ahead of time where where we were gonna go with this flashback but you know we got to see just like an overcast um day in south dakota you got to see the landscape and i felt like chloe zhao just knows how to shoot beautiful landscapes within like the countryside of the United States. And uh, I don't know, I just got Nomadland vibes. I, it was one of those movies that I did share on the ritual, I think last season. And uh, it just reminded me of the cinematography of that movie and Chloe Zhao. You could just see the, the influences of Chloe Zhao um, in this movie. And I mean, she just shot the shit out of this movie. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah, I haven't seen Nomadland, but obviously she what won an Oscar for it, so got her into the MCU. <laughs> yeah, and I, I felt like she was the um, right person to to just be able to show off the different landscapes of Earth, especially since you know that's pretty much kind of the center of everything within the Eternals. You know, we got the the you know we got to show uh, they got to showcase Earth um, in this movie. Mm, for sure man uh my most cinematic scene actually you mentioned it a bit earlier it's when the eternals are versing icarus and i love that just the wide shot of of especially when makari was versing him one-on-one and just like punching him as fast as he can and icarus is trying to use his laser beams to basically shoot her but she's so fast that he, he can't get her but at that at one point it was like um it wasn't Druic, but it was like Thena. Um, who else was there? I forgot. Fastos. 
Fastos, yeah, and especially when he eventually gets him and locks him up too. I think that whole action sequence um, was beautifully shot because there's a lot of wide shots in in that fight scene because they're on like a beach or something. Yeah, it was a beach. You get to see the volcano and uh, when Sprite uses her like powers and you get to see like multiple volcanoes, you could just, yeah, it just look crazy like with the cinematography. It was definitely gorgeous for sure, especially that one shot with that... Um, with Fina when she's walking out of that cave, remember after she uh, defeats Crow, and like she's walking out, and you kind of see like the the landscapes in, in the background with her back turned to the camera. It was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of action sequences, though, uh, our next award is the Does anyone want to get out award for best action sequence? So there's quite a few, uh, both in the present day and flashbacks. So, uh, AJ, did you have a favorite action sequence for Eternals? going to kind of steal your answer from the previous award. I can definitely agree the final battle was like the, one of the best action sequences. Given when a lot of things are happening, and of course, Makari uh, being a speedster, and the sound effects, it kind of gave me chills of how she was trying to beat up Icarus. And... And the fact that Fastos, we thought, or I at least I thought he was just an inventor, kind of like Iron Man with the way he makes things. But he was able to uh, somehow almost beat Icarus by himself by just holding him down. And then shout out Thino, of course. We can't, of course, we can't forget about Angelina Jolie, of course. Yeah, dude, there's like so much to unpack that there was so much going on because obviously, you know, it's a pretty jam-packed cast i mean just talking about fastos i don't know about you guys i kind of want to hear what you guys think with fastos and those rings it kind of uh kind of reminded me of shang chi a little bit with the 10 rings i think very briefly yeah i i see i can see that a little bit i was like is this a shang chi reference or something (laughs) is he gonna say the 10 rings (laughs) oh shang chi appears yeah, I, well, because I I'm curious to see if uh, maybe Fastos was the one who actually invented the Ten Rings. Mmm, that could be possible. Uh, the, what, the Ten Rings are very ancient, according to uh, Wang. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, spoiler alert for the post credit scene for Shang-Chi, we don't know where they came from, so it's possible. Yeah, and, and it's ancient tech, right? There was some sort of beacon attached to it? Mm-hmm. Who knows, maybe it's... Uh, Something with the Celestials. Ooh. A beacon for a Celestial, possibly. Ooh, interesting. Now, but yeah, there was a, a lot going on. That is um, such a good scene. Just because you got a little bit of everything. You know, we get uh, what Sprite stabbing Cersei in the back and then Druig literally just bludgeoning her with a rock. Which is like, oh, <laughs> it was pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really like that timing, though. I just, I never really liked that 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 type of Marvel humor where they, they kind of uh, sucks out the, the drama, I guess, but uh, yeah, nitpick. Mm, interesting. Well, I, I just feel like the, that scene just had, Oh, well, that whole battle scene just had a lot of different things going on. Um, right. AJ. Exactly. Yeah. And Sprite did a Loki or. Yeah. Pretty much. And then she stabbed her in the back and was like, yep, that's the Loki move right there. Right. <laughs> yep. How about you, Ken? Uh, favorite action sequence or best action sequence? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to uh, give some love to that uh, Amazon battle. Um, so, uh, and specifically, you know, you know, during that one part where Gilgamesh is battling uh, a less evolved crow, I'm not actually talking about that battle, but that one battle that's happening on the other side of the Amazon where Icarus is battling that other deviant uh, after after they kind of crash into one of those huts in in the village. Mm-hmm. Dude, I got Man of Steel meets the Revenant vibes, you know, yeah. when, you know, he's like kind of on the ground and stuff. And then it's that one scene in the Revenant where Leo's battling that bear. Dude, that that scene was so intense. Dude, I agree. That's actually my uh, best action sequence as well. I just called it uh, Druig's forest action sequence. Yeah. Because it's, <laughs> it's like his little um, town, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, that was super intense. Um, I agree. Like with the whole Icarus flying and all that stuff and then slowly starting getting stabbed. It's like, oh, shoot, is he going to die here? Because yeah. 
I think a smart thing that they did in this movie is that they showed, in a way, I guess, uh, that Ajax died. And it's like, oh, these Eternals can die, so these characters aren't safe. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a smart move, yet at the same time, I was like, eh, I don't really care that she died because literally her our first time seeing her is like she's dead. So <laughs> Yeah, it, it was kind of a shock when they actually revealed that she was dead. I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, and obviously she died off screen so i i knew we were going to revisit it at some point um but there was so much going on that i almost forgot that she died <laughs> yep uh so guys do you are you guys ready for our little game here that we play on the weekly reel definitely here we go it's going to be the guess the rotten tomato score and right now i am losing <laughs> so i'm excited to actually uh get it right this time uh, just a reminder for our audience, we do actually make our guesses beforehand, so there's no cheating. And Ken is up 4-3, to three, so I'm hoping to tie it this week. But before Ken takes his guess, since AJ, you are the guest, you can go first for the guess the Rotten Tomatoes score for Eternals. It was kind of tough avoiding the uh, rating for this movie from what I've seen, but I have did all my strength to avoid the number itself. But I do have my number, uh, 55. Oh, 55. wow. That's low. Oh, I have heard some things as well. So how about you, Ken? Uh, yeah, I, um, I don't know. Now, I'm kind of worried now. I think I overshot it. Um, my, my guess is 74. <laughs> 74. Uh, mine's closer to uh, AJ's. Mine's actually 64. Ooh. So I'm going fresh, okay. but not as fresh as you can. Holy monkey. Uh, <laughs> I just looked up the score. <laughs> so uh, we lost again, Ken, <laughs> to our guest. I'm not, surpri- I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, with 314 reviews, it's at 46%. What? <laughs> Oh my Whoa, God. that's low, guys. It's oh very low. I thought it would be in the 50s for sure, but that's very low. Wow, I was way off. <laughs> that might be the lowest MCU-rated movie, like, ever. Were the critics upset? <laughs> for some like reason? It. It sounds, sounds like it. it. I mean... <sighs> Man. Yeah. That's a bit rough. The audience score is 80%. It is a long movie. And to be fair, the pacing was not the greatest. So, and a lot of expository dialogue, which can be hard to get through sometimes. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm actually dumbfounded right now, but uh, I'm just trying to think uh, that maybe the critics thought, uh, maybe they agreed with you, Jeremy, in in their assessment about how maybe some of these characters were more like, just there like robotic and they just didn't have any like feeling be- behind it. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Mm. Yeah. I definitely felt it though. Uh, but as the movie ended, I was like, that wasn't bad. It wasn't the greatest, uh, which leads into the, I love you 3000 award where we rate the movie from one to 3000. And I'm excited. Now I'm curious. Uh, AJ, what did you rate Eternals from one to 3000? I rated it 1,950, uh, 65%. Mm, okay. That's a fresh. Fresh, yeah. <laughs> Being a, a little more nice than the critics would say. That's, way, that's, that's, uh, that's too high, apparently. <laughs> too high for them. How about you, Ken? Oh, man. I think I... Um, well, I loved it more than, uh, than AJ, um, and definitely more than the critics, for sure. I'm giving it a 2436 uh for 80 it like uh roughly 81.2%. Hmm. I I appreciated the I guess the swing uh in trying to just expand the universe that much more. Uh I loved the cinematography. Um I I felt like Richard Madden did a I I thought he did an amazing job uh as which turned out to be like the main villain. Um, and so, I mean, based off of those things, I thought it wasn't the best MCU movie, obviously, but I didn't think it was the worst. Mm. See, uh, I am closer to AJ. I do agree though. 
Uh, I think as the now that the movie has settled in, thinking about today, uh, I do like it more than when I initially walked out of the movie. Uh, but I do still feel like the pacing's pretty rough sometimes. I did not appreciate the flashbacks, that many flashbacks to happen all at once. Um, I don't know. It just felt like they kept on stopping the story. But uh, for me, I'm actually going to give it a 1860 out of 3,000. So that's 62%. So still fresh. I still did enjoy it. And I wouldn't be surprised if I watch it again that I'll like it at least a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I will admit, I actually, I've seen it in the theaters twice, and it was pretty cool to be able to kind of just knowing ahead of time how the movie would end, just kind of paying attention to how Icarus was like in the beginning and paying attention to Sprite, those uh, those scenes mm. and how uh, she would share those scenes with Icarus. I, I, It was one of the things that I enjoyed about the second viewing. See, that's what I'm saying. I think the strongest element of this whole movie was the the romance and the love <laughs> love triangle, love square, square? Or whatever. <laughs> the love square. <laughs> the rectangle, man. Rectangle. Marvel doesn't really um, experiment too much with their love stories too much. So I was like, this is a good one because they're freaking thousand years, thousands of years old. So there, <laughs> there has to be something going on. Oh, so good. But I do agree, yeah, the pacing was very, very weird. I've sat throughout the movie, uh, some moments, I'm like, is this the ending? Or are we in the end? Yeah, but, I felt that. Yeah, uh, and I, don't really, I didn't really like the time jumps. It kind of felt more random to me. I'm like, oh, we jumped back in time, and then now we're present day, and then, oh, we're back. So... Mm-hmm. That didn't help out with the pacing as well, but uh, great cast, of course. And there's a lot of content within this movie. I just think that it's just maybe too much content in a way. Mm. Or, well, I mean, yeah, there was a it's a huge cast, so you're gonna have to be able to show them eventually <laughs> on screen, right? And so I feel like if they were ever to do a, a second Eternals, if that does ever get green lit uh, in the future. I feel like it would be um, because like they've already established the characters. I feel like it would be, they'd be able to focus more on a singular storyline or whatever. I feel like the, um, the sequel would definitely be better than the first. I do hope that they get a sequel despite my rating, but I like just the expansion of the MCU in general. I agree. Yeah. As as much as my rating is kind of low, especially for an MCU movie, uh, I would like to see more of these characters, and uh, the lore was pretty cool. I think it was uh, something they could definitely expand upon, and I wouldn't be surprised that if they just ignore the critics' ratings, maybe they uh, would shorten the movie, probably, for the yeah. next one. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully they return, because there's some really good characters in here. Quickly, what'd you guys think about the post credit scenes? I don't want to forget those because that first post credit scene, we get to actually meet Eros, uh, Thanos's brother, and then we got to basically get a quick random cameo in Dean Whitman's uh, post credit scene with the voice of. Wait, did you guys find out who that voice was at the end? I found out. I I know. Okay, you guys want to just reveal it? Go ahead. Go ahead, AJ. AJ. Go ahead. Since you're our guest, Mahershala Ali's blade. Oh, dude. I don't know. I, what, what do you guys think about like uh, any one of those post-credit scenes? I'll, I'll give it up to you guys. It's Harry Styles yeah. in the MCU. <laughs> I can't get any more exciting than that. <laughs> Apparently, the girl behind me was thinking the same thing. So it's like the same girl that was like, oh, Icarus, why? And then Harry Styles. It's like, yeah, same thing. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's like, Oh, he's in this movie. <laughs> that's what I was Totally, thinking. totally unexpected. When I realized it was Harry Styles, I'm like, wait, that's Harry Styles in an MCU movie. What? Yeah. That's playing Thanos' brother. <laughs> who would have who guessed? Yeah, they seem like total polar, opos- uh, polar opposites. <laughs> I'm kind of curious, though, to see what Dane's character is going to be like. Uh, Black Knight. Mm-hmm. So, especially since he didn't get that much screen time and his character was a little bit, 
you know, just a normal guy. So it's um, it's interesting what his story might be in the future. Oof, I know. I'm curious how they um, how they interweave Dane Whitman's character with uh, with Blade. Oh my goodness! Uh, I w- I was a huge fan of the original Blade, and I felt like knowing you know all, seeing all those all these comic book movies especially the last what 13 14 years or maybe even longer uh with kind of dating back to the original spider-man movies from the raimi verse i feel like if i go back and watch blade now i think i'd probably like it even more than i did way back when whenever that debuted yeah i'm excited for what what they're gonna do now with with blade hopefully it's good hopefully it's violent like the original yeah, especially with uh, Cottonmouth playing uh, <laughs> playing Blade. <laughs> yep, don't call him that though. <laughs> uh, next weekend, what are we going to be watching for next week's episode? Yeah, so next week, November twenty second, an Interpol agent is tasked with catching the world's most wanted art thief in the Netflix original movie Red Notice, and that's starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Gal Gadot. And Ryan Reynolds. And so, fellas, you excited for this movie? Definitely. When you put Ryan Reynolds in a movie, I'm in. That's true. Yeah. Especially putting in Gal Gadot and, and in Black Adam. Yep. Ooh, yeah. Speaking of Black Adam, I'm excited for that movie. I wish the trailer was longer, but anyway. Yeah, Red Notice. The The cast looks good. looks high budget. It, it, if, if anything, it looks like a lot of fun. Even if the story is like meh, at least uh, you have the charisma of those uh, three actors. So Netflix is um, stepping up in their production and the type of movies that they're really throwing out there, which I do really appreciate. Also, sponsor, please. Netflix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, he already knows the shtick. <laughs> yeah. Also, HBO Max, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And Disney Plus. <clears throat> we can uh, promote Eternals when it goes <laughs> on uh, uh, Disney Plus eventually. Yeah, I think still... we will also appreciate Prime Video. Yeah. Hulu. <laughs> All of them. Peacock. All of the streaming services. Sponsor us, please. Redbox? <laughs> <laughs> Paramount Block. Plus. I want to watch Halo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything. Uh, but, guys, before we close out, uh, AJ, uh, is there anywhere on the social medias that people can follow you or uh, see what you're up to nowadays? If you like playing videos and such and other random things, you can find me on my Instagram. It's uh, AJG17. Uh, it's spelled out A-E-J-A-Y-G-1-7. Or for phonetic uh, users, Alpha Echo, Juliet Alpha, Yankee, Golf, 1-7. And also another plug with my photography uh instagram that's not as popular but it's a 2020 photography 2020 underscore photography but it doesn't end with a y it ends with an ie oh Oh, there you go go follow aj yeah we'll definitely put the uh, spelling in the notes that way you're not having to um remember all that um so just we'll put links we'll put direct links (laughs) to his instagram that way you could just click on it it'll take you right to either of his um instagram pages for sure yeah how about you ken uh, yeah, I'm just uh, on Twitter and Instagram at FreeKenA, and then just like AJ, putting the spelling in the notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for me, I am sometimes on Instagram at JP underscore Flicks. Ends with an S, not an X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, it's been fun. I wish we talk- we were able to talk more. It's- the episode goes by way too fast, but uh, any final thoughts on Eternals? More Kingo, please. And... <laughs> Hopefully Gilgamesh, but yeah, unfortunately. Hey, uh, if you're going to say uh, more Kingo, I got to say uh, more Karun. <laughs> yes, of course. And all of his cameras. <laughs> That's true. I was kind of sad that Kingo was out of the final battle. He should have yeah. been there. I, I could see it, though. He, he you know, like his, um, quickly, his his hero was Icarus. I mean, you saw him making that movie in the beginning about Icarus, and he, but he, you know, he obviously cares about the uh, the other Eternals, so he just set this one out. That's true. I was a bit sad, but I, I yeah, it's part of the character, I guess. And who knows? Maybe was he too overpowered? He could have didn't uh, freaking Kamehameha to him to Icarus, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, any uh, 
Anything else, Ken? Before we uh, close out? I want to see that King O vlog since, <laughs> since we're talking about it. <laughs> King O documentary. Put it on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I think that would be great. That would be super good. Yes. And li- my only wish is a, a full music video. Like Oof. full-on production, fully edited and everything. Yes. So. Yes. Maybe for the sequel. Yeah. They got to do that. But, uh, oh, ooh, I want Kingo and Thor in a scene. Oh because my apparently they knew each other. So that's right. I forgot about that during the during that scene uh, where they were hanging out in the desert, right? Mm-hmm. With Gilgamesh. With Gilgamesh. Oh man. All right, guys. Uh, it was awesome talking with you guys about Eternals. Finally, another MCU movie. The next one's actually going to be what next month with Spider-Man: No Way Home. Oh, that's going to be exciting. But. I hope it's better than this movie. Not to hate on this movie. It was an okay movie, uh, in my opinion. Better than Dune, in my opinion. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, uh, AJ, thank you so much for uh, joining us on this episode. I know you've been an avid listener uh, and participant on our polls and other episodes and just being there. So I'm glad that you were actually able to hop on today's episode. Oh, thank you guys for like having me. Thank you for the invite, and I hope the fans like me. <laughs> they will. There's we'll make up, them. But... <laughs> no, but really, I really appreciate being on here. This is like a kind of dream come through, even listening since the first season. Yeah, dude. And you know what? Like with every guest that we've had so far on the Weekly Real podcast, we definitely want to inv- um, just extend that invite uh, for future episodes. We're hoping to keep this train going as long as we can, as long as both Jeremy and I's schedules allow. Um, and so, yeah, definitely we want to invite, uh, uh, extend that invite, I should say, for future episodes. And, you know, we wouldn't mind uh, obviously talking about another MCU movie with you. Well, I hope I can come back <laughs> that'll be great that'll be super fun yeah our uh, our virtual door is always open uh you can always email us if uh ken can send you the email <laughs> yeah just don't just don't send the email to anywhere that uh, jeremy tells you yeah i'll try to keep that in mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> and don't message me on instagram because i might not see it until like three days later so <laughs> I think you're giving yourself way too much credit, bro. <laughs> That's true. Maybe a week. Yeah, maybe the next season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like whoops. Uh next season? But might be yeah. easier to mail you instead. I oh, think yeah. so. I probably think so. send send a raven. <laughs> uh but yeah, thanks AJ for coming on. It was great having you. Um like we said, all the Marvel movies are open for you to join us, especially. Uh, but if you ever think of a movie that you might want to hop onto, let us know. I've got a few ideas. Thank you. All right, Ken, AJ, uh, it was fun talking on Eternals. And next week, we're going to be talking about Red Notice. That's going to be a fun one. But until then, we'll see you next time on The Real. <laughs> <laughs>